Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Well, today we are going to finish our Stranger Stories of the Bible series. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17, that's where I'll be uh, reading from today. Matthew chapter 17. If not, we'll, we'll have it on the screen in just a few moments. The idea behind this, this message series has, has been to look at some odd stories of the Bible, to, to look at some of the bizarre stories of the Bible, because when I grew up in church, nobody ever called any of the stories odd or weird. But as I read through them, I'm like, that's just weird. That's odd. Like, why doesn't anybody say it? Like, there is a talking donkey. That is weird. That's not something that happens all the time. So I wanted to have a little bit of fun with this series and, and look at some of the stories that, that are a little bit odd, that are a little bit bizarre, and what we can learn from them. I'll say this again. I've said it every week, and I'm going to say it again. Just because the story may seem a little bit odd or a little bit bizarre does not make it false. I believe every word of the Bible. I believe cover to cover. I don't believe God's word has changed. I believe it has been the same. And I believe that it is for all ages that God's word is not changing cover to cover. But there are some stories in the Bible that are a little bit more challenging to understand than others. Part of the reason is because it is just odd. Some of it's a cultural understanding that we just don't do the same things that, that they used to do during back in the Bible days. But just because we read something or we see something that may be odd or strange does not make it not true. You can go back and listen to any of the previous messages online. Go to our website and listen to the previous messages. And, and we talked about some of the strange stories I referenced a second ago. We talked about a talking donkey. We, 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 we saw how God used a donkey to speak to a man of God, a prophet, and speak into his life. We looked how God used a left-handed man to, to help Israel come to victory, where nobody thought that he could accomplish anything because he was left-handed. And then last week, uh, we, we took a look at uh, an axe head floating, that, that it was significant in meaning. It was just an axe head. It was simple, but, but yet God used the opportunity to speak through the prophet of God to make the axe head float again because it shows that God cares about the things that matter to us, that anything that's going on in our lives, no matter how big or small, it matters to God. These are weird. These are odd stories of the Bible. So today I want to look at a story, a miracle of Jesus in Matthew chapter 17. So Matthew chapter 17, starting at verse 24. After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked, for whom, for whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes, from their own sons or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the sons are exempt. Jesus said to him, but so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish that you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Okay, this is odd. This is a little bit bizarre. This 
is one of the miracles that Jesus performed. And, and as a matter of fact, a couple months ago, we looked at, the, looked at an entire series of the miracles of Jesus. And there are so many miracles, we couldn't look at them all. And, and in this passage, we see that, that Jesus telling Peter to go fish. All right, go to the lake, go cast your line in water, and you're going to pull out a fish, and there's going to be a four drachma coin in there to pay our tax. Now, I, I, I don't know, I can't see through the text in here, I, I, I don't see Peter's response, but I think it would be something like a pregnant pause. Like, Jesus says this, and then Peter just stands and goes, Really? That, did you guys hear what he just said? Like, or he's just waiting like, oh, ne- never mind, Peter. Uh, I was just pulling your leg. Uh, don't worry about it. You know, we've all been in situations, right, where somebody has said something to us, and we just wait for them to say, nope, just kidding. You know, I'll just pull in your leg. And, and, and I kind of get the sense that maybe Peter is in that situation where he's just waiting for Jesus to say, nope, just, just pull in your leg. That's not really what I mean. That's, you know, but, but Jesus is serious. Now, I don't know if Jesus, what type of sense of humor Jesus had. I don't know if he was a cut-up. I don't know if he was constantly telling jokes like, hey, they're just walking down the side of the road and Jesus is telling jokes the whole time. I don't know. Like he tells a parable and tells a joke and whatever. I don't know, but I imagine he had some sense of humor. I mean, he's a human being. We all have a sense of humor. Some, some of us is a little bit dry humor. Uh, some of it's a, a not so dry. Some of us, you know, laugh occasionally. Um, but I have seen people that looks like they have never smiled a day in their life, but I have seen a smile on their face from time to time. So I know that we all have some sense of humor. So I don't know exactly how often Jesus, you know, had a joke with the disciples, but there's no joking. Jesus was serious. But why would, why would Jesus tell Peter to go fish for this coin? Why would he tell him to do it this way? Why, why, did, why did Jesus tell him to, to meet the need, to pay the temple tax? Why would he have to, to go cast a line for the coin? He could have provided the coin. He could have easily reached behind Peter's ear and went, ha, there it is, got it right there. Come on, how many of you grandpas, you do that to your kids? Right, there you are. And how many of you do it to your kids? Oh, look what I found behind your ear. I can see Jesus doing that. Now, that might be wrong. I don't see it anywhere in the Bible, but maybe Jesus has a sense of humor and he's done I don't know. He could have easily just pulled it from behind his ear. He could have, he could have said, Peter, check your pocket. What do you mean? There's nothing in my pocket. Boom, there's a coin. Ha <laughs> ha, I got gotcha. you. How'd that get there? He could have done it that way. He could have had a coin purse and said, Peter, reach into the coin purse and you'll find it there. He could have easily done it that way. There are a number of ways that Jesus could have provided for the coin. But rather than pulling the coin from behind his ear, from a change purse, or from his pocket, he tells Peter, go fish. Go fish for this coin. Again, very odd, very bizarre. Not that you're just going, but you're going to fish and you're going to find the coin in the fish's mouth. I think there's a couple reasons why Jesus did this. The first thing is I believe believe that, that Jesus wanted to keep Peter on his feet. He wanted to keep him a little bit off balance. And, and, and God does the same thing with us. That if God always did the same thing and answered our prayers the same way, then that's how we would anticipate him meeting our need every single time. That if God always met the need the same way, then we would expect him to do it the same way over and over again. That we would never look for an opportunity for God to meet a need another way. That by Jesus telling him, go fish and you will find the coin, it was keeping him off balance to trust him, that, that God was displaying in this moment, he was just displaying his ability to do miracles in different ways, to show different dimensions of his power and ultimately his personality. 
The Bible is, is, is not just a, a book for us how to live our life. It, some people see the Bible as a, a, as a book of do's and don'ts. That's not the Bible. That's not, it's not do this, don't do this, all these things. Yes, there are things in here that it, it explicitly says, things that we should do, how we should live our lives. But it, ultimately, the Bible reveals who God is. It reveals his personality. It reveals his nature. It reveals our relationship with him and how we can connect with God on a personal level. And so through this miracle, it was showing ultimately God's power, his authority, and his personality. By having Peter go fish and find the coin in the fish's mouth, it demonstrates God's power over all creation. That God has power over all dominion, over everything in this earth. He is not limited by any person, anything in nature, or any creature. He could have easily made the money appear however he wanted to. But he said, Peter, go fish. Go fish and you will find the coin in that fish's mouth. There could be no doubt that it was God who provided in that moment. Because if he would have provided in Peter's pocket, somebody could have easily said, oh, you already had that there. That, that, that coin was already there. Or, oh, there was already, you know, money in that little change purse. You could, you know, or like one of those, you know, illusionists where they, you know, have it up their sleeve or something like that. Or there's a, a hidden compartment. There would have been room for doubt. There is no doubt that if you go fish and Jesus told you to go fish and you catch that fish and there is a coin in its mouth, how in the world are you going to prove that he put it there before you got there? There is no way anybody, there could be beyond a shadow of a doubt that God was over this, that he was moving in this, that he was the supplier of the need. There is no denying his power, his authority over all. Now, no matter how long you've been a follower of Christ, maybe two months, two years, 22 years, however long, undoubtedly there has been a time in your life where your faith has taken a hit, that, that you have, have questioned, that you have had times where you, you've wrestled with things, that you've even doubted God because of things that you've gone through in your life. Let me clear something up. It is perfectly fine to have those moments. There is nothing wrong with you if you go through a challenge in your life and you just go, God, I just don't understand. That doesn't mean that you're a person of no faith. That doesn't mean that you are a terrible Christian or you're a terrible Christ follower. Guess what it means? You're human. We all go through moments and times where we just... Everything hits at one time, and, and, and we have to remind ourselves in those moments who God is. We have to go back to his word and remind ourselves that's where our faith comes from, that our faith can rise in those moments. And because God used Peter in that moment, it was a reminder that, Peter, you can trust me. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, I am over all. That when you're going through a challenging in time, I am going to meet your need, and I can meet it however I want. In moments where our faith is, is shrinking, we go back to those moments in time and remember what God has done. I've shared a time in my life that, that we, as a family, that growing up, we did not have a lot of food. We didn't have a lot of money. That's why we didn't have a lot of food. And, and there was a time that, that there was just a, a, it was a Tuesday, and all we had left were a couple pieces of bread and, the, and the, 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 the bread package and a couple loaves of bread in there, pieces of bread in the loaf, and, and a couple pieces of bologna. It's one of the reasons why I don't eat bologna anymore. I ate it enough as a kid. I've had enough. But that's what we ate. 
And, and it was Tuesday, and it's a family of five, and there's only enough for like one more day's worth of food. But my mom prayed over that, and we had food all week long. We had enough bread, enough bologna all week long. That is a miracle only God can do. And it's a reminder in times where my faith is, is, is waning that I think back to that time and go, God, you've done it before, you can do it again. You demonstrated your power before, you can do it again. I can trust you no matter what I'm going through. I can trust you just like you provided a coin and a fish's mouth. I can trust you. It's an opportunity for God to demonstrate who he is, his power and his authority. Leads me to point number two. That this, this shows us that God can supply whatever resources we need however he wants. Philippians 4, chapter 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Man, that's a powerful verse. Maybe you need to make that your verse for the rest of the year. Maybe you hold on to this verse and you, you say it. You pray this verse every single day. When you wake up, Philippians 4.19, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory. You keep speaking that. You keep praying that verse to remind that God can supply whatever I have need of. There is nothing that can stop him because God has all the riches and all the glory. There is no promise that God can't fulfill. There is nothing that we need that God cannot fulfill. Every day we have needs. Every day there are things that we need and God is the supplier of those and nothing can stop him from directing that resource to us. He may call us to go fish, <laughs> but he can supply it. He can supply it however we want, but it's important that we understand what this verse says, that God will supply our needs. We like to read that God will supply my wants. Nope, that's not what it says. God will supply our needs. At that point, they needed the coin to pay the tax. And it was supplied to them in that moment. In a very odd and very peculiar way to demonstrate that God can supply whatever need we have in whatever fashion he wants to. That we don't only look for it for one way. Or this is the only way you can answer this prayer. This is the only way that you can supply my need. No, God says, I'm above all that. I'm above every human way of thinking. I can supply every need that you have however I want, whenever I want. That's what we've got to hold on to. When you pray Philippians 4.19, that's what you've got to remind yourself. My God can supply all my needs. No matter what it may be, no matter how it may come from, God can supply it. It can come from the most unlikeliest of places. God may call you to go fish. Or God may put it on somebody's heart to meet your need. Somebody that you never even expected. It can come from somebody that you don't even like. How do you receive that? You simply receive it. It may come from somebody that has hurt you. But God will use it. To get the resource to you, God will use it. God can direct whatever resource we need however he wants because he is the one who gives it. He is over all things. He is over all creation. He owns all things. You know, I look back over the past three years here at FLC that I've had the privilege of being pastor. And God has met every single one of our needs. 
He supplied them time and time and time again. When I became pastor, we had less than $3,000 in our general fund. Needless to say, we were living on a very fine line. We were one hiccup away from the door shutting or going, what in the world do we do? That's a very precarious situation to be in financially speaking. But look what we've been able to do over the past three years. Look how God has supplied our needs. You know, I often get very irritated with social media, Facebook, all of those things. But the one thing that I do like about Facebook and social media, especially Facebook, is pictures like this. Three years ago, two years ago, actually, I posted this picture. And this week, this picture came up on my timeline. And I posted it. And, and I went, I forgot that the church looked like that. I almost forgot that that's what it looked like, that when I became the pastor of the church, that, that we had a roof that needed to be replaced, that we had leaks everywhere. We had leaks here. We had leaks over there. Every time it rained, Gloria, you can attest to this. We prayed, God, please put a protection over this, this church and this building so we don't sustain any more damage. The house, the parsonage needed a roof on it. The paint was well over 10 years old, chipping, cracking all over the place. And I, and I looked and went, my gosh, I, I forget that. But that's what we needed. But if you remember, we only had $3,000 in the account. There is no way we can put a roof on this. There's no way we can paint it. There's no way. We had every single air conditioner go out. Vic and Brenda, you can attest to that one. You've been right beside us and providing the air conditioners for us. But look where we are now. Just in case you forgot when you walked in 30 minutes ago, this is what the church like, looks like today. God has supplied our need according to his riches and his glory. God knew that we needed a new roof. God knew that we needed a new paint job on the church. God knew we needed new air conditioners. God knew that we needed new carpet. He supplied all of those needs. And those are just a few. God has known what we've needed and supplied every single one of those needs. It's amazing that when we sit back and go, there's no way I could possibly do it with my human hands. There's no way any one person could do it. But look what we've been able to accomplish. And so much more. But, but, but to even go beyond that. Those are the things that we needed. But there were things that we wanted. There are things that we said that we, above and beyond, that God, we, we, we want to redo our lobby. We want to make it more inviting. We want to open it up, and we were able to do that. God, we want to, to be able to, to redo our restrooms so they're more accommodating. We were able to do that. God, we want to be able to redo our kitchen. We were able to do that. We want to be able to invest in our children's ministry. We want to be able to put a covered walkway over here so we can actually go from one building to the other and not get soaked. We were able to do that. Were those things that we absolutely needed? No, but God knew that we wanted them and supplied them for us to be able to do. That's how great God is. He meets our needs and go above and beyond to even give us the desires of our heart. We wanted a new lighting for the stage and look what we've got now. And guess what? There are other things that we want and things that we desire. We want a covered walkway so you can drop off and, 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 and let somebody out so they don't get soaked on. We want to be able to redo our driveway. We want to redo the carpet in the children's area. We would like to have new upgraded seating. Those will come. Because why? Because God has met every need before and he's going to meet them again. Right. Right. 
I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret over those things. I just simply have to trust and believe and know that if you call me to go fish, that you're going to provide. I believe the last thing this miracle demonstrates is trust. That ultimately God wants us to trust him. Perhaps Jesus was seeing in that moment, if Peter would trust him, where Peter had the greatest professional skill in independence. Now think about this for a moment. Peter, when, Peter was a fisherman by trade. That's what he did. He knew the ins and outs of fishing. He, he, he probably knew the water like the back of his hand. He knew what, what, uh, what, uh, what to use, when to use it, how to use it, everything. Like what's the best time of day, what the best seasons, everything. There was nothing that Peter didn't know when it came to being a fisherman. How many fish do you think Peter caught prior to going out and catching that one with a coin in its mouth. And how many of those fish had a coin in its mouth? Zero. He probably caught thousands upon thousands, even hundreds of thousands of fish. And how many coins has he collected? Goose egg. But now Jesus says, the next one you go catch, there's going to be a coin in its mouth. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? But I know, I've caught thousands. I know everything there is to know about fishing. And Jesus says, do you really? Maybe, maybe God is calling you to trust him in an area that you have the most skill and the most independence where you say, God, I don't need you. And he's saying, oh, yeah, you do. I've got something to teach you. Do you really trust me? Do you really trust me? Because I'm going to show you a new trick, Peter. I'm going to show you the coin in the fish's mouth, Peter. But there's no way. It's, a, it's impossible. Oh, no, there's nothing that's impossible with God. I know every trick there is to the trade. No, you don't. There's only one way for us to realize and to step out. If God's going to keep the promise to obey it, no matter how crazy it may be. Peter had to trust and obey this crazy thing that Jesus was asking him to do. Can you imagine the thoughts going through? Oh, I'm just going to project my thoughts because I don't know what Peter was thinking, but I can only imagine if Jesus calls me to go, man, there better be a coin in that fish's mouth. <laughs> got the fishing pole over there, man. I hope I've got the right, the right bait, the right lure because, man, I, I know this isn't the best time of day to go fishing. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I've never caught a fish with a coin. There's, there's no way it can happen. But I got to trust him. I got to obey anyway. Wherever you are the most skilled or the most independent may be exactly where God wants you to trust him the most. Right when you think you've got God all figured out, he throws you a curveball. Showing his nature, showing you've got to trust me. You've got to depend on me. Stop depending upon yourself. When God calls us to do something that may be odd, that may be strange, we've got to step out and do it. Are you going to do it? Are you going to trust in him? God's ways may be strange. They may, they may be mysterious. They may be bizarre. But it's often because of those things, they renew our awe in him. They renew our trust. They renew our dependence on him. God used a donkey to speak. 
He used it as a left-handed man for victory. He used a prophet to bring an axe head to speak. He used a coin in a fish's mouth to display who he is, to display that he cares about everything to us, that every part of our lives matter. He'll provide a fish. He'll provide whatever we have need of. There are some stories in the Bible that are truly odd. They are bizarre. They are weird. But when you look back in your life, you say, you know what, God, you did some crazy things in my life. Look where I was and look where I am now. That's crazy. That's bizarre. That's odd. You've called me to to do things that I never thought I would ever do. I've stepped out in faith and done things. That's crazy. That's bizarre. That's odd. Just because it's strange, just because it's odd, does not mean it's not God. If we want to see some crazy miracles, then we need to obey the crazy promptings of the Holy Spirit. I want to close with this story this morning. There was a, a church that was just starting up. I kind of know what that feels like. A couple years ago, I felt like we were restarting and, and, and redoing things here. And, and the pastor, they, were, they, they had a worship team, and it was very small, but they needed a drummer. And so every week they prayed, God, send us a drummer. God, send us a drummer. They, they kept praying it over and over again. God, send us a drummer. No drummer showed up. So that week the pastor was praying and, and he felt the Holy Spirit speak to him in that moment, buy a set of drums. We don't have a drummer. We, don't even, we barely have the money. We've got just enough money to cover if we we're going to buy that. But again, we just don't have enough money if something goes wrong. Why would I buy a drum set? We don't even have a drummer. Buy a drum set. So Thursday, they went down. They bought a drum set. They put it up on stage. Sunday morning, they have church. Drum set's just sitting there, nice and pretty, just out of the package. After church, a man comes up to the pastor, says, I'm your next drummer. They had to change what they were doing. They had to change it up, and that man became their drummer. They took a step of faith. It seemed crazy. It seemed odd. Why are we doing this? We don't even have a drummer yet. Buy the set of drums. And God supplied the need. God may call you to do something crazy. God may call you to do something odd that doesn't make sense. But we have to obey and we have to trust. I believe God is calling us as a church to do some crazy things. To step outside of the box. To do things that may seem a bit odd. Why in the world are you condensing? Why in the world are you not having church on Sunday? Why aren't you doing it normal? Because the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If you want to make an impact in your, your community, you've got to do something different. But God, I've wrestled with this. But God, it's what if, what if, what if, what if? Do it. But I don't know. I don't know how it, do it. Sometimes we have to do some things that are odd. They're crazy, they're strange, they're bizarre to see the miraculous happen. All across the room, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the miraculous in our lives. I thank you for meeting the needs of this church time and time and time again. I thank you for supplying our every need. I thank you for this church, for this body of believer. I I thank you for meeting our personal needs. I've seen it in my life, God, that you have met my needs time and time again. And I know, 
I know for a fact you've done it in the lives of people sitting in this church and we thank you. We thank you for the provision, for meeting our needs, for supplying above and beyond, for not just meeting our needs but giving us the desires of our heart. Thank you for being an odd, bizarre, strange God. Because you live outside of every human thought or emotion or feeling. That there is no way we could dream or imagine what you are up to. And I thank you that that is who you are. That I cannot contain you. That I cannot define you. Because if I could, you, were, you would not be God. But you are supplier of all needs the miracle working God I pray right now for every person in this room under the sound of my voice that if they have something they have need of I pray God you meet that need I pray that they would listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit that have been speaking to them for the past few days, for the past few weeks, even the past few months, and they finally take that step of faith. They do that crazy thing that everybody says is beyond normal and say, I don't care, I don't want to live normal, I want to live for you, God. My life is not normal because I serve the King. I serve a God who sent His Son to die on the cross. That's not normal, that's love. And that's the God that I serve, and that's how I want to live my life. I want to step out and do something crazy. I want to do something that's odd. I want to do something that's bizarre that causes people to come to you to draw my life closer to you. May that be our prayer, God. For this church, I pray that we step out in faith, that we do things that are odd, that may not make sense because you're calling us to to be a lighthouse to our community and to our world that our light would shine brighter than ever before we know the, the, the darkness that surrounds this community but may we speak life and speak hope like never before may we set our minds and our hearts to you to do what you would will and you would accomplish May we be united together. May we be stronger than we ever have before with a common cause and a common purpose to love unconditionally, to speak hope, to speak life, and to every person that needs to hear it. If you would stand this morning, I want to commit this moment to God. As a church, as we stand together and commit in this moment that that's who we are. That this is who we're going to be known for. What and how we're going to be known for. If you could just stretch your hands up. If you could just put one hand just as a symbol this morning. God, you see us today. Humbly submitting our lives to you. Joining together for your common purpose and your common cause. May we together do what you called us to do in this community to be light, to be hope to be love 
that throughout our days that, that we find opportunities to speak encouragement, to pray for one another, to lift each other up, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, to hold each other's hands up when we feel like we can't hold them up our own, to encourage, to challenge one another, to draw closer to you. Lead us, God. Every person that serves, everybody that calls FLC home, may we stand strong and do something crazy, bizarre, odd for you. We know you're calling us for such a time as this. May we respond in kind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. We praise you for all the good that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do. And all of this we ask in Jesus' name and everyone says, amen and amen. Are you excited, church? Are you ready? Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.